Thank you, thank you. Wow. Well, this is a surprise from heaven. Because for years, I've always said, I'm never going to retire. So like that word is like, no, a no-no in my library. Um, but you know how you get words every year? I mean, we sometimes people ask for a word for the year. Well, the beginning of last year, I got a word, um, from, which you can put that first slide up, by the way. Um, and the word is right up there. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Well, I, we had been doing some ministry outward over the last few years, uh, traveled different places, doing little conferences and trainings and different things. And so I thought it was mostly about that. I didn't really think the year would end with a big go out uh, into uh, you know, in retirement. And But this year has been an incredible year where we've done probably more traveling than we ever have before. But a strange thing that was happening simultaneously was every time we came back, there's, there seemed to be huge resistance, number one. We seemed to keep running into, uh, like we had an accident one time coming back. I started having some health issues. And there was just a bunch of resistance every time we came back home. And I was like, what is this about? We can't quite settle. So, so that we m- moved into the fall in that state. And then there was a kind of a big health crisis for me. A number of issues cropped up. And I went through some hard times. Well... To jump to the, I guess you could say the retirement word and the word for the new year, uh, I'll just say that, so, well, I'm, some of you don't know us at all, so my wife and I, like Mike has already said a little bit about us, but one of the main things that we've done over the last 13 years is we've been in charge of uh, uh, prayer counseling and training, relational training, emotional health that kind of stuff. And so we've done a lot of an approach to healing the heart called Emmanuel. So we, but it's because of that, we've integrated it into our lives a whole lot. Okay, so I don't know, about a a month ago or so, I was in some pretty heavy crisis physically. I was, um, I'd gotten in touch with the fact that I had a really high level of cortisol going through my body and a lot of stress that was manifesting in my body. So I started doing some work on that. I came across some pretty amazing resources. One is a book called When Your Body Says No. And the other book was The Body Keeps the Score. And I started looking into it and realizing that some of my physical issues were really the manifestation of some deeper issues historically, but also just my age and all that other stuff. So. So anyway, we started working on different things. Well, one night, in the middle of the night, I get a dream. And in the dream, it was pretty dramatic. There was three scenes. The first scene, I'm trying to rest uh, on the sidewalk. I have been walking for a long time, and a policeman comes up and gives me a ticket for loitering and, (laughs) and tells me, if I catch you again, you're going to jail. So I guess I didn't have permission to rest. And then the second scene, I'm in a, I'm in a back part, bad part of the city, and a drug addict starts coming, a real threatening drug addict starts coming up to me, and I'm like, I am really uncomfortable here. I'm being forced to be in some kind of place I'm not supposed to be. And the third scene, I'm 
in bed at home and I'm uh, on pins and needles, I'm, I'm at high alert because I think the police are going to come up and arrest me because of maybe the sense of the other dream. And sure enough, a car drives up. I hear a car drive up, door slams, and somebody walks up the sidewalk, walks into my door, into my house, and I'm freaking out like the police are coming. And all of this emotion in each of these scenes is just exploding inside of me. And, I, and enough that I started making noise, and I woke my wife up. And so she, and she, uh, so she's shaking me. So instead of the police shaking me, open my wife is, uh, you know, waking me up, and I was literally shaking. I don't know if any of you've had emotional dreams like that, healing dreams, but I was literally shaking, and I had to do. A, she she's really good at getting you to breathe and quiet, so she was helping me quiet. And then for I don't know an hour, hour and a half or something, she took me through this prayer time, and it was, I have to say, it was probably. Uh, and the, probably one of the top healings of my life, okay? And so basically what happens is somebody had given me a word because I couldn't do Father Christmas this year. Historically, for those of you who don't know, I always do Father Christmas of Narnia and we do this big event. I got to do a little bit this year. But somebody gave me a word that this year you're going to be sitting in the Father's lap, the Father, the true Father of Christmas, and He's going to give you gifts. So... We start with prayer, and that's the first thing I see. I'm sitting in the Father's lap, and, and then the next thing I see is Jesus comes up to me face to face. And I expect him to be all compassionate, because I'm still shaking. I'm like, I'm getting quiet in the Father's lap, but I'm still like really emotional. And there's this intensity in his eyes, like he's, he's, he's after something. He's literally looking over my head, and he says, I'm going to break these three curses. And he goes back to the three scenes, and he basically addresses the lies and drives demons out of my life. So I had this sovereign healing and deliverance face to face with Jesus. And as he's doing it, I become a little boy in the father's lap. And then he turns back to me and he starts to cry, big tears rolling down his cheeks. And and I start to sob and uh, like uh, about the, the losses from these curses and these bondages that have happened in my life in the past. And then he does this really weird thing. We go to the cross. He takes me as a little boy, and somehow he suspends me right next to his face on the cross. And his tears are still running, but now the blood is running down from his face, and it's pouring over my body, washing me, cleansing me. I'm just getting this healing. And then we finally let, he takes me back to the Father's lap, and I, I am aware of the Holy Spirit. So I get this Trinitarian healing, like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, this and the Holy Spirit started singing this song. But the interesting song that he sang was two nights before this, I woke up and just, I had a melody in my head, and it was the Beatles song, Let It Be. And I didn't really know what, what that meant, but you know, it starts out when I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me uh, speaking words of wisdom, Let It Be. So Holy Spirit singing this song, and as he's singing the song, then Jesus says, I want you to retire. In fact, I think he said, we want you to retire. And I, and, and I immediately react like, I don't believe in retirement. And Kathy's, you know, so we had to kind of renounce our little internal vow that says, we'll never retire. So that's where the retirement came from. And, uh, and you know, just total surprise. So... Anyway, so I'm still kind of trying to get used to that term. And I just have a couple 
interesting little comments about it. Uh, uh, you don't stop laughing when you grow old. You grow old when you stop laughing. <laughs> Age is an issue of mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Retirement is wonderful. It's doing nothing without worrying about getting caught at it. Retirement, when you stop lying about your age and start lying around the house. <laughs> Retirement is a blank sheet of paper. It is a chance to redesign your life into something new and different. Retirement is not the end of the road. It's the beginning of the open highway. Yahoo! Often when you think you're at the end of something, you're at the beginning of something else. And don't simply retire from something, have something to retire to. And then a prophetic friend just gave me a word the other day when he heard that we were retiring, and he said, Kent, you've not just retired, you have retired with a dash in there, with radio good years. Good years ahead for Radius Network, which is our nonprofit, and a lot more mileage on the vehicle. So that was an encouraging word. So uh, why don't you go to the next slide? Um, and actually, that's the wrong slide. That's the one. There you go. So uh, I felt it's, it was really, really interesting in the last few days because I felt like that the Lord gave me two 60s songs. One was Let It Be, and the other was Turn, 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 if you're familiar with that. So he directed me to Ecclesiastes where it talks about there's a time for everything under heaven. And so this verse here, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He, he has planted eternity in the heart. In the heart. Uh, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So God makes everything beautiful in his own time uh, and it's in its own time. And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking for a couple of minutes about. But Kathy and I are going to tell our story. But first, before we do that, I want you just to, or just, I just ask if you could play Let It Be song. And I just want you guys to relax and kick back and enjoy this song. It's actually an incredibly prophetic song. And if you don't know the backstory, I just learned it about a year ago, that Paul McCartney was going through a hard time. And he had a dream one night, and his mother, who had died, whose name was Mary, came to me in the dream and says, it's going to be all right, John. Let it be. So that was actually the inspiration for the song. And when you hear the lyrics, just listen to the lyrics and just see how significant it is, even for our time, uh, just like it was when God spoke it to him. Um, so let's just listen to that for a second. If you so I love how God prophesies wherever he wants to prophesy to even to our generation. Of course, I'm a baby boomer, so this is a really appropriate song, and so is the other one, Turn, Turn, Turn. So uh, anyway, but uh, Kathy, I'm going to ask you to come up now, and we're just going to tell our story just for a second. And uh, as she's coming up, I, I want to give you a gift. I did, it to, I did it to myself, didn't I? Okay, uh, 
So, and these, and these flowers are three roses, and uh, that's very meaningful because it was related to my, our, our dating and engagement and marriage, and, uh, and so I just wanted to give you three roses again today. They represent faith, hope, and love, and they represent seasons of life. Uh, oh, there's the microphone, too. Uh, and uh, so, you know, we've walked through a lot of things together. You know, we're, we've been married 45 years at a 45th wedding anniversary this year, and one of the special things we got to do is do a little cruise to Alaska, which was amazing. Um, but you are my delight and my companion <laughs> and everything that we've gone through. Gone through been working really hard not to cry today. <laughs> I'm not making it easy. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to set that down, you can. But uh, Okay, so we're going to just tell a really brief summary of uh, kind of our story. And it's, it's related to this verse. Yet God has made everything beautiful for it, in, its, in his time or for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. And so this dynamic here that God makes everything beautiful. Uh, later on in Ecclesiastes at the beginning, in fact, he sang that song that over and over again. There's a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. In Hebrew, the, the, there's two interesting words. One is for time and one is for season. And both are appointed season and appointed time. So these are like not just chronological time, these are a special times that God anoints for transformation, for seasons of ups and downs. And we'll look at that in a minute going, you know, that it's a time to, time to be born and a time to die. It's a time to live. It's time, you know, all those time to love. And it's a time to embrace and time not to embrace. All these different uh, times that the Lord sovereignly sets up on the earth. But it's not always easy for us to respond to it as we go through it until we get our perspective on the heart he put in us for eternity. Because when heaven breaks, the eternal thing breaks in to the chronos time, just the normal rhythms of life. When we have that perspective that God has a bigger purpose in eternity, and also that he breaks into time with kairos moments, then it's a whole other thing. So we're just going to touch on a few things. Um, and I'll start, and then Kathy can kind of jump in uh, along. Cause, can I just say yeah. something first? Um, this, this thing about secular songs speaking to us and how the Lord uses them, I would just encourage you to pay attention. And, of course, the songs from the 60s were the best, right? And so yeah. just saying. <laughs> Um, but you might just tune into the Lord about that because while, when he was playing that song, I was literally seeing Jesus sing it to me, let it be. You know, when you find yourself in times of trouble. Um, and he's right here with us, you know, and that's been our message for years is our passion for intimacy with Jesus and helping that, making pathways for everyone to find that deeper place with him, um, moving the things that are out of the way. That's been our ministry for a lot of years. And um, so I just thought that was sweet how that happened. And um, Good. I don't that's know what, good. How, where you want to start, so but I'm, I'm happy to... So I'm going to start and say that I grew up as an evangelical. I'm holding up my Bible. I'm very grateful for my roots. I became a Christian when I was five years old. And I grew up, and uh, all the way up to my 30s, my early 30s, uh, uh, I was 
tried and true evangelical, Billy Graham, navigators, went to Wheaton College, did all, you know, did all the evangelical stuff you could imagine. And then I met my wife when I was at Fuller Seminary in Pasadena um, uh, and at an evangelical church where she had gotten saved. And, um, and then we went on a mission trip and on that mission trip, God encountered us with Holy Spirit. You forgot about the five years of being a youth pastor oh, at, yeah. a, at a Presbyterian church in Denver. <laughs> okay. Kind of interesting right. that we're now here, but yeah. that so was part of our story. At an evangelical Presbyterian church in Denver. And then we went on the mission trip. And then we trip. went on the mission trip. Okay. So that was our first. That was our <laughs> my job, right? Say, yeah, you need to keep editing me. Like She's gifted at editing me. Uh, so we had an encounter with Holy Spirit on that trip. We came back, and the Lord led us into the vineyard. And so now we've been in the vineyard for... 40 years. 40 years. Most The first part of those years, we were at Anaheim with um, John Wimber. We moved from Colorado to California because we wanted to just be under his teaching and learn about the vineyard. We knew to the things of the Spirit, and we thought we were only coming for a year and moving back to Colorado, but that was 40 years ago, so we're still here. We still love Colorado, but here we are in Orange County. So. And we were, and, yeah, here we are. And we were, I mean, we've really been doing ministry for probably 50 years, him longer than me, starting in our college years, you know, and you just get involved with Christian fellowships, and you're, you know, witnessing, and you're learning to do all those things, small groups and Bible studies, and we were doing all of that um, before we came into the vineyard. So that was part of our history, too. So we were at uh, Anaheim Vineyard for about 16 years, right? Something like that. Something like that. And uh, I call those my Joseph's prison years because the Lord basically took me out of everything I ever wanted to do, took me out of full-time ministry. I had to reinvent myself, and I didn't do it very well, and I was pretty miserable. But the Lord kept giving me promises, and then we'll, ju- we'll jump to the fulfillment of the promise. Uh, and that is, he kept telling me that I, he literally used the Joseph image, you know, and, the, and what's interesting about that image, there's a, there's a way that God functions in a lot of our lives. It's called birth, death, and resurrection of a vision. So that's what happened with Joseph. That's what happened with Moses. It's like you get a birth for a vision, and then it doesn't happen the way you expect it, and you usually go for, have a long time of waiting for the fulfillment, and then there's a resurrection of the vision. So I had 16 plus years of waiting, and toward the end of that, our son got cancer, and uh, and so the last three years of that was even more intense. And um, but at that that point transition point, my son and my daughter started coming here, and then wanting us to come here to to VCC. Mike had asked me earlier a couple of years before to help plant the church, and I felt a, res- uh, a restriction on that. And now I know because I don't think I could have made that. It could have ha- couldn't have helped very much with this overwhelm of our son having cancer in that little season there. And so when we came to VCC slash VLN, um, we came with our son who was at that point, we didn't know, dying of cancer. But this church at the time was literally a third the size it is now, a 
third this way and this way. And this church was such a beautiful family that embraced us and loved on us and supported us and prayed over us and walked with us through um, his death. And there were people in the church, like Stephen Terry Scolos, who are here, who had also lost a child to leukemia. And the Lord just placed them in our lives in a beautiful way to be there for us. And so this church um, has been <laughs> um, a blessing and a provision from the Lord for us, for many of you, and it was, it's been our privilege to then serve um, all these years. Uh, it's been 24 years that we've been here, but 20, about 23 years that we've been, or he's been more in a staff position, and, and maybe you, some of you don't know this, probably most of you don't, but back there in that corner, there used to be a bookstore <laughs> before we expanded the, the sanctuary back, and I ran that big bookstore for 13 years. That was a long time. I didn't know it was that long. Um, so that was part of our heart, too, was re- just providing resources for people in there. It was not necessarily profitable, but it was a resource for people, uh, worship and books to help people grow in the Lord. And, and that was that was a fun part of our history here. So move back one slide. And uh, so the uh, what year was that that Peter died? 2000. Okay, so in the year 2000 uh, was my, also my 50th birthday. And I had a 50th birthday party, and a big surprise that happened was my sister flew out from Colorado, and she and I had discovered this painting and fell in love with it. Uh, you know, it's called, uh, you know, Lord, Coat of Many Colors, Lord of All. And she surprisingly made me that robe that's on Jesus, and that's what she gave me on my 50th birthday. And it's flags of all kinds of nations and fabrics from all. She worked at a mission agency. She literally got uh, material from all over the world. And it was a huge, uh, powerful blessing to me. But it was also fulfillment because somebody had literally said, God's going to give you a Joseph robe. And that happened on my 50th birthday. But also, that was a month before our son died. He was in the hospital, and we had to get, I get special permission to bring him to the birthday party. So as we were, they were blessing me on my 50th birthday, he's sitting next to me with an oxygen mask on. And, uh, but I've had many encounters since that time where I saw Jesus blessing both of us, and he put a robe of glory on Peter, and he put this robe of blessing for, you know, for, for the nations and for the earth on me. Um, so I, I just... I, that was a huge, important transition point. You know that there's there's necessary endings to prior seasons. That was a neat new season. And then just a few months after Peter died, Mike asked me on staff. I came on the staff, and it was a huge blessing. It fulfilled what I had been longing for: is to be back in full-time ministry. He hired me to do prayer, which was my love, and. Uh, and so we stepped into a whole new season that also this represents. This is a Joseph house. His middle name is Joseph. There was just all kinds of confirmation. And then, and over these last 23 years, we have been, abundance has poured into our lives financially. Our kids have been covered. And Mike and Jesus, I want you to come up here for a minute. And we're going to just give you a little gift here. We're so grateful for how gracious and kind and generous Mike and Janice have been to us over the years. It's um, really over the top 
So uh, these are flowers for you, Janice. And uh, and then this is a. It's pretty big, so I don't know where you're gonna put it, but <laughs> but yes, I'll take it. So this is a tree of life, and we when we saw it, we thought, wow, this is what these guys have planted and built in this in this house and over this region and over the earth, that the branches have continued to extend and cover so many people, and we got to be under it. For, uh, under those branches and climb in those trees and build tree houses and all kinds of stuff uh, in, in the mix of this place. For what? And lots of fruit. And lots of fruit breaking out everywhere, falling into people's lives that don't even know it. You know, all the homeless and all other ways and in the nations and India and Bhutan and all kinds of other places. So we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you have given to us and how you've covered us over these years and bless us. And you all are under that tree of life. Yes. It's what stands over all of us you in this are the tree house. Of life. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus is the tree of life, right? So we're in him and under him and in him. <laughs> yeah. So now we're at a new point. I guess you could probably sit down for a while now if you'd like. <laughs> I'm happy to. She doesn't like to be up here, so I just thought I'd give her permission to relax. Uh, okay, so uh, go to the slide, uh, Ecclesiastes slide, the next one, I think, maybe two more. There. Well, that's the song. We just did Let It Be. Go to the next slide. That's the same one. Keep going. You don't have more? Oh, okay, so much for that. <laughs> I guess it didn't come through in the PowerPoint. Okay, so... If you have a Bible, you might want to turn to it, but otherwise, uh, we're going to just walk through really quickly the, uh, the passage in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 12, and this is what I want to do with it, but I'm just going to make a couple more comments before we do, but there are 14, uh, 14 kind of pairs in this where it says, you know, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted, and it goes through this series of the seasons and the times. And um, at, when, we, when you get to a point, when you get older, what happens is you start reflecting on your life a lot more. And there's a dynamic that can be pretty painful, um, and that is you're, you, you, you're, you hit on disappointments, and you, as you reflect on the different seasons, you think, well, I didn't accomplish that there, or, you know, or whatever, I didn't do well with my kids, or whatever it is, you begin to get troubled by that dynamic. And those of you that are older know that what that's like. When you're younger, you're in a younger season, you know, you're expecting all kinds of wonderful things and you're trying out new stuff and you have the energy and the power to, to build and to gather and whatever. But if you're in a hard season even then, you might, like there were certain hard seasons like that for me where I couldn't figure out who I was and where I was going. And, and so there's all this dynamic that goes on 
in our times and our seasons. And there's some skill in learning how to accept the highs and the lows, this rhythm between the, the, time to, the time to birth something and the time for something to die. So I came, somebody recommended to me an excellent book called Necessary Endings. And uh, it's brilliant, lots of stuff. I could preach way too long about it, so I'm not going to even try. But I would just say that the, to understand that when we go through seasons, there's times where maybe you have a small group or you have a business that you started and it's going for a certain season, it's going really well. We had, we had a, a home group up in Costa Mesa in the first few years of here. I think we had it going for eight years or something. And it was, it was really a great thing. And all of a sudden, it sort of it dried up like, this isn't working anymore. But there's a tendency when you get to the point where you're comfortable with something for a long time, whether it's a business, a ministry, uh, a group, a relationship, or whatever, and then it starts, the, it's like the way I call it, the anointing comes off of it, the, the grace comes off of it, but you tend to want to hold on because you're so used to it. It's a part of your life, it's, you're all entangled with it, and you want to make it go. But there's a place where we have to let go. And that's what just happened to us in this situation. Finally, it just made, we actually, about five years ago, the Lord started speaking to us and we all mostly thought he was just expanding our borders and going out. We'd had prophetic words about that. And then I met with Mike about a year and a half ago and said, hey, we, we feel like we're supposed to reduce our time here, reduce our income, and, and make this sh- begin to make this shift. But we always felt like we'd, have kinda, we'd be in both worlds. We'd be doing this and that. So the Lord had to continue to work on us. And so that's true for all of us and I as I just I'm just going to read through these 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 highs and lows and what I want you to uh, just pay attention to is when what the Holy Spirit highlights to you it might be one phrase it might be one of these uh, these contrasts and I'm just going to give you a couple minutes just to be quiet before the Lord and see what he has to say to you about saying yes to whatever season you're in, even if it's a time of death or it's a time of birth, even if it's a time of, you know, you're, you've been embraced or you're embracing a certain thing, and but maybe it's time that to let it go and not embrace it anymore. So there's a dynamic of that that all of us need to get in touch with. And if we can understand the grace uh, of how to let go and we need to let go, I'll say one more thing and uh, and then we'll just do this. So, uh, this actually, the last time I preached was in the middle of the summer this year, and I preached on shame and how how we can overcome shame. But one of the ways the Lord spoke to me in preparation for that, he, I was struggling with disappointments, and somebody had prayed over the cells of my body that this disappointments would come off, come off of me. And then the Lord spoke and said, "Well, I, then I just said, well, how do I keep disappointments off of me?" And He said. You do three things. You give me the disappointment. You just hand it to me. Then you cry a little. And then you let it go. And I, I was surprised by the cry a little part. I mean, I always thought, okay, I'm disappointed. I just need to give it to Jesus, right? But he pointed out that we ha- it gets into our, our emotions and our, our being, and we need to weep about it. So in the story I told at the beginning, when Jesus got face to face with me, he... He dealt with the, 
the, the stronghold, but then he came back face to face and he cried with me. And he let me cry over the losses from that. And then I could let it go. And then I could say yes to retirement. So this is a big way in which he did that. And so I want to encourage you, if you are struggling presently or past with disappointments, that's a little formula, I think maybe from heaven, you could try out say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to imagine handing it to him, but then I'm going to get in touch with the loss of that disappointment, and I'm going to cry a little, I'm going to grieve, and then, I'm go- and then I will be able to let it go. So if that, that may be even what might happen just now as we just do this little, this, this, this few, few minutes of reading and, and meditating. So I'm going to read this. You won't have it on your screen. Well, actually, you could put it up. Maybe, I don't know, last minute request. You could put it up, but I'll just read it. Why don't you just be quiet? Don't even look to try to find it, and I'll read it, and uh, we'll go from there. So, to everything, there is a season, an appointed season, and a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. What profit has the worker from that, that in which he labors? I have seen uh, the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And he has also put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives and also that every man should eat, drink, and enjoy the good of all his labor. So Lord, we just ask that you would hover over our hearts and minds and whatever you highlighted to each person in this room today, you would do the miraculous work of making everything beautiful in your time and that you'd give us an ability and heal our hearts to surrender what we need to let go of, to embrace what we need to grab hold of, 
to rejoice in what the simple things that you've given us to become present to the realities of our lives and, uh, and to be able to live in a sense of returning to joy and peace over and over and over again because you are Emmanuel, God, with us. You weep with us, you deliver us, you heal us, you hear us, you see us, you understand our, our destiny, our timing. And so we just want to surrender all over again to you today and trust you that the eternity that you put in each of our hearts, the destiny, the place that you prepared for us so that you would come again and take, you to, take us to yourself where we could be with you where you are. We say yes to that, Lord, in that invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're just going to finish before some, some of you are going to come up and bless us and just commission us into this time. Um, but there's one other scripture, which also I wanted to have up on the PowerPoint, but that's okay. It's Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It's one of my life verses. When we were in our 30s, the Lord gave us about three scriptures that were profound and that have carried us through all these years. But one of them was this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And that just became such a... The fixing our eyes on Jesus and running the race became a major thing. When Kathy and I first got married... We're constantly talking about it. And I wrote a couple songs. There's one uh, that goes, Looking unto Jesus, fixing our eyes upon his face. Looking unto Jesus. I started too low. <laughs> the author and perfecter of our faith. And as I look upon him, the changes come raining on my soul. As in his eyes I gaze, his spirit will make me whole. It's enough to see Jesus and go on seeing him. So that was a, a seed of destiny. And it's no surprise that now for the last 13 years we've done Emmanuel prayer, which is all about seeing Jesus and having him change. So this was a seed that's bearing fruit in this tree, in this house, and is bearing fruit across the earth, and we get to be a part of that. But I, this is the time, I love this, this passage, it talks about running with perseverance, the race that been marked out for us. So a big part of our race, 23 years of our race, has been here, and 41 years has been in the vineyard, and Longer than I was an evangelical, I've been a crazy charismatic. So, you know, hey, uh, it's a good thing. We're running the race. But there's a time now to let go. It's a necessary ending and a time to pass the baton. So I'm going to ask a few people up that I'm passing baton to or recognizing that I've already passed baton to. So I'd like Bob and Tasula Baird to come up here. 
Brandon Aaron McIntosh, and um, I'd also like uh, uh, Lynn and, and Scott Schrader to come up here, and Ken and Pat Novak, and my wife. And Kathy, you, you could probably just carry that whole box of flowers out. So I, uh, these guys represent a whole lot to me, a whole lot in my life and our lives, and, uh, and, and they represent different seasons in this season. So uh, because we came out of our, my son dying of cancer, the Lord spoke to us and told us to start a healing room. And so uh, a couple years into being on staff here, we, we started a healing room. And then Bob and Tasula, and I'm going to just grab this flowers right here. So Bob and Tasula took the baton. You have already been running for a long time, uh, running the healing rooms, longer than I did, actually, at this point. You, you've run your race with great perseverance, combing against challenges in your own life. And uh, we just want to really bless you and thank you for what you've done. And now you have a baton, so when you, have, you find the person to pass it to, you can, do, you can just pass it on, right? <laughs> uh, uh, let's see here. Okay, then one of the next seasons that happened for us, actually, well, I'm going to get this out of order, but since I'm already in gear, I don't have a baton for you guys, but I do have flowers for you. I didn't think you really want flowers, but, but these guys I just wanted to honor because they stepped alongside us in the years, we could call them the Thrive Years or the Mercy Transformation Years or whatever language we want, title of all these years, these 13 years, come over here and let's just give them a hug. Um, I should have given you a hug. Thank you. Thank you. And then, uh, okay, no, this one. And then Lynn Schrader, and Scott, I just love hanging out with, and we've gone to Israel, and he's just amazing, and uh, I don't have flowers for you either, but... <laughs> uh, so, Lynn, uh, this is for you, and, I and you already took the baton a long time ago for the Mercy Arts Ministry. I mean, we really started together, so it wasn't like I was running without you. You were always running with me, but I am so... So grateful for how you've carried it and how much it's continued to, to unfold beautiful art and all, all through, uh, through the community and, and, your, and, and it's been such a big, big deal for me. And now maybe if I'm retired, I get to actually do more art with you again. So we'll see. 
So I'm really grateful. So thank you. And then, um, go get that painting. Where you got it? Okay, you can just hand me the flowers. So uh, I was hoping this would be on the slide so you guys could see it better, but this is a painting that Lynn Schrader just made. Um, it's called The Good Shepherd. And uh, so you guys are the epitome of a good shepherd. And uh, all the shepherding that I've done, I just honor the place that you guys have walked alongside and will walk into the future in this community. And so there's a golden uh, <laughs> baton. Um, and I just cherish you, Brent, uh, probably some of the most profound healings that I've had in my life has been through this man. And both of them, have, we've just run together in multiple ways. We, you know, we used to go camping when our kids were young, and we just, we just have a history that is super precious. And I just want to honor you guys and cherish who you are. All right. Well, I think I'm done. And so you guys can, you guys can come bless. And I did talk to a few people. If I talk to you to come up and help with the blessing, come up when Mike, whatever he does here, so be a part of it. So, hello, hello, good. So you guys stay, okay? So uh, we're just going to gather around and lay hands. And I think you had some people you invited, so if you guys could come up. Uh, all, the the, uh, all the elders of our church, that is those that are on the board, uh, uh, come on up. I'd like to have you come. And Bob, come on up. And uh, I think we should probably, uh, at this point, uh, uh, I would like, just come on up, you guys. Come up on the stage here. And uh, you know what? We just have to have all the guys, uh, uh, gals, and guys. Oh, Eddie Purek, come on up, please. Yes, and Janet. Eddie and Janet. As a matter of fact, I'd like you to say something. I don't know what, but just go ahead. <laughs> You're really good at moments like this. So, uh, so for you that don't know, who are newer to us, we were sent out of Mission Viejo Vineyard to plant this vineyard from these two, from their ministry. So, so this is uh, really, and I know Eddie's been a tremendous part of your life, Kent, as well. So come on over here, you guys. Come on over. And Bruce Stratton and your wife with you or not? Come, Brenda, come. Come. <laughs> so, uh, so Bruce runs our school of ministry and, and along with his wife, Brenda, here. And so, uh, and uh, are on our board as well, our, our official legal board. And uh, this is Steve Skolos and Terry. Many of you know Steve and Terry uh, as well. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, this is uh, Faithful Bob Evans. I have to put that right in front of his name. <laughs> he, he's in the middle of almost every f piece of framework that we have around here. And uh, and so these are, uh, I think you're supposed to say something. 
It's so beautiful to see uh, the multiplication of uh, just the people that uh, God calls into uh, community and ministry. Uh, they find their anointing. They begin to live it out and give it away. And this beautiful multiplication that's taken place. Uh, I know many of the people that are here from years ago. And to see what they've become, uh, every one of you is uh, just a beautiful sight for me. Uh, and it just shows the intention of God to take all of us and multiply our lives. And when you see it before your eyes, it is, uh, it's a beautiful thing. Amen. Thanks, Eddie. Would you like to say anything? Janet? Yeah. You never want to say anything, but do you want to say something? Because I think you probably, probably be good. I'll hold your hand if you want. <laughs> I just have my little scriptures of blessing for you. And particularly for Kathy. And the, the first scripture the Lord gave me is, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And God is going to do that for you both, of course. You probably think that you kind of have a plan and you know what you're going to be doing and where you're going to go. But I think that um, life rarely goes exactly according to plan. <laughs> <laughs> but that can be a good thing. But uh, the other scripture the Lord gave me was, and this one I particularly thought of you, Kathy, the boundary lines for me have fallen in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. And no matter what your plans are or where you think you're going, you're going to need to make room for the surprises and my prayer is particularly for grandchildren. Mm, amen. And that <laughs> grandchildren, no matter what your plan, <laughs> when they come along, your plans change. <laughs> and so um, I just bless you, Kathy and Kent. You've just been so sweet to us for all these years and always welcoming. And we just... We just bless you with these retirement years. We, and like we found out, we're, we've retired several times. <laughs> <laughs> but there's always something to do that's so fitting for who we are and what our age is and what our energy is. And God just brings it along at the right pace. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it is a blessed time. Thank you. Thank you. Now I've found something to say. <laughs> I was just wandering around trying to find the anointing. And then it fell on my wife. And uh, she got it going. So she gave her blessing and 
this is the blessing I'd like to, to give you, Kent and Kathy, this Sunday, January 14th, 2024. Before I bless you, I want to thank you for several things. Your contributions in building this church, which is uh, precious to me. Your companionship in furthering the message of the Father's love. Your camaraderie in exploring the mysteries of contemplation. <laughs> I really have enjoyed that. Uh, the way we've been able to uh, journey on that together. Those are three things that start with the C. However, I'm going to add a fourth one. I really want to thank you for continuously praying for me when I needed it most. Ken, some of the moments uh, when I was really hurting and we would meet at the mission and you would pray for me, and I know both of you are praying for me, and I am very grateful. But when I was thinking about this, this came to mind. I believe you are heading toward new horizons. New horizons of healing in the body of Christ. I had this picture, this vision come to mind. I saw you as medics stepping among the wounded in the battlefield. Each of you carrying a doctor's bag that contained three things. One, the mercy of Jesus Christ. Secondly, the power of the Holy Spirit. And third, the love of the Father. These three things have been deposited in you through your vineyard history, John's anointing, your relationship with Janet and I, the Father's love and your newly found ministry in Emmanuel Prayer. These are the things in your bag to heal the body of Christ. The mercy of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit and the Father's love. These things I wholeheartedly bless in your lives and ministry. And this is my prayer. Lord Jesus, May your mercies be new every day to and through Kent and Kathy. May your his mercies, may your mercies, Lord Jesus, come upon them every morning. Holy Spirit, may your power anoint them to protect them and to empower them to heal. And Abba Father. May the mantle of the Father's love rest upon them as spiritual father and mothers to a multitude of wounded prodigals. Amen. I bless you, Kent, and I bless you, Kathy, with these words. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I commission you to new horizons. Amen.
I knew you had something in there. <laughs> Eddie's especially at good at times like this. <laughs> so uh, one thing that's uh, sort of striking me as we uh, uh, talk about all these things and all these people up in the front here and all is uh, maybe just as we look across our congregation and, and as others see this on the uh, live stream and, and uh, review it maybe, uh, we really have, by God's grace, uh, created a family here, a family that came through a definite line, right? Definite tree, right, right through John Wimber, right down to Eddie and Janet, and to us, and then to all of us, and uh, we all, various parts under that tree and stuff, and, um, and there's other trees that we've sat under, other leaders and so on, and other, but there are some distinctives in this family that are really powerful, and a lot of those you heard uh, today just... Uh, maybe you hadn't noticed those things, but they're near and dear to us. I think maybe at the core of it is, of course, uh, allegiance to Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, right, number one. But in uh, his gifts are all kinds of things, uh, manifestations, uh, manifestations of great power, manifestations of great revelation. Uh, but one of my favorite parts of Jesus is the bag of love, the what he has in his bag for us with regard to love, for God so loved the world. That's not just a theory that he gave his only son or the something up there, but it's something that we experience and are meant to experience all the time, right? But that love comes through an experience of love and compassion and grace from us, from leaders, and then it goes right down and through uh, uh, to all the rest of us, right? So year by year, we take those values that we learned and we pass them on uh, to others and that's sort of what discipleship's about. So that's why we take the time to do what we do, uh, especially those classes that we run and equipping places and all kinds of little seminars and things. But most importantly is the substance of it, not just the structure, those are just structures, but the substance, right? So I believe, uh, thanks to Eddie and Janet, uh, largely for me, at the very core of who we are, is just love and compassion from the Father, <clears throat> experience of then given away. It's a pretty easy way to say it. But we seem to have also uh, some weird missions. We find ourselves in all different kinds of situations carrying that love, right? <laughs> like, you know, I just never ceases to amaze me some of the places we've been outside this country and, and in this country, right? And the seminars and the various things that we've done in the body of Christ and uh, all of that and the ministry to the weak and the poor and and to in those in this country and in very far away nations. And the younger leaders that are coming up, and I just, as we begin to see, I watch this every uh, week, I'm beginning to marvel, I'm just beginning to see the great heritage we have largely through Janice and some of our wonderful musicians from the very beginning, that uh, we're just seeing a whole other generation of worship leaders come. And by the way, coming soon to a theater near you, we've begun to write songs. And I got to say, some of them are pretty good. So, <laughs> and uh, we have a younger generation we're handing off the baton to with Garden Music. And uh, it's a pretty nice handoff because they are producing some great music. And, uh, and of course, the video and stuff. So that's a new one, right? Down through the generations, a wonderful thing. So I think, uh, and I love what you said, Ken, and I appreciate it so much because as you were going through some of those things, you know, those you know, it's a huge part of our values were reflected in that, right? Just things that you said, and, and uh, which uh, you and Kathy have stewarded so well. Thank you. And uh, 
Are you just so sad that you got rid of the bookstore? <laughs> you were ready. Boy, you held that flag for a long time. Good job, both of you. And, and that's pretty, pretty characteristic of these two. They held, they held the flag a long time in a lot of areas that nobody else would, and then the areas that they're favorite. And I think you're probably now at this point in life getting to do some of your favorite stuff. So that's the good thing about where you're at right now, right? Yeah. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. You just do your favorite stuff. Right? Favorite stuff. So, uh, by God's grace. And, hey, I just uh, had one other thing to say, if you could turn on them. Uh-huh. Okay. So, I was so aware about this event <laughs> that not so many of you that have retired or will retire don't have an event like this. I feel like a very privileged that you would give permission to have this dynamic here. And, and I guess I just want to do something really quick, and then you guys can finish blessing whatever you want to do. But... <laughs> Uh, everybody that is retired, would you stand up? And you know, you might be in one of those, yeah, I was retired multiple times, kind of, you, you, all of you can, you know, whatever. And, or those of you that are on the verge of retirement, you can be included too. Go ahead and stand up. And I just want to bless you and honor you here and say, it's just not about me and my wife. But we just honor the transition that you've moved into, the eldership that you've won in your life. All of you have PhDs in life. And I want to charge you to use that PhD for the younger generations to to not feel like I'm out of it and I have nothing left to give, but to press through and to give, uh, give back and pass the baton in any way that you possibly get a chance to. I just pray for open doors. I pray for people to come around you. And um, and then I just, let's have everybody stand here for just for a second. And I just want to bless every season and time that you are in right now, that you've been going through or you're about ready to go through, our transitions, all of those dynamics that we were just meditating on. The Lord has appointed times and appointed seasons. And I pray that the eyes of your heart will be able to see his, the season you're in and say yes to his presence, his power, and his beauty in the season. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so, uh, so I want you to stay standing, okay, for a minute. And uh, All right, so uh, we like to do this. I don't know if there's, I think there's a lot of power. Well, let's put it this way. If I told all of you to say we curse you in the name of whatever, I think that probably everybody in this uh, stage would sort of wilt and fall into the floor, right? Or maybe you would, right? Huh? I'm going to do it again. <laughs> at the end. <laughs> no, we'll have to do it at the end. So I just want to know the significance of it. When we say we bless you in the name of Jesus, it's very powerful, right? Very, very powerful. So I want to do that genuinely from all of us, okay? So just stay standing for a minute. Hang on with me just, just a moment, right? Okay? Now, uh, before I go, before we leave this place, you can stand for a few seconds more, right? Okay? You're not that old, right? So I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Uh, just. Uh, hey, Mike, I've always wanted to say this. Yeah. I would, I've always wanted you to bless me in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, not just Jesus each time. 
We usually go, we bless you in the name of Jesus. We'll just believe we bless you in the name of the Father. We bless you in the name of the Son. That's what we'll do. Okay? I like that. <laughs> no, I haven't let it out of the bag yet. Uh, I just want to say some of your oldest friends uh, and some of the ones that you've worked with the closest. Bruce, do you want to say anything? I do. I even have something. Can you hold that for me? Why does that not surprise me? Yeah, well. You and Eddie both are great. Um, actually, I, I asked the Lord, I said, well, you know, whatever. Do I have to say something? He said, yeah, you have to say something. And I have to get my glasses. But I really feel I have a couple of prophetic words for you. And these are kind of classic. Um, and it's the first one is in Joel 2. And it really says this, that I'll just start here. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first of the month. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat, and the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. And so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust. My great army, which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God. For he has dealt wonderfully with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. It makes me think of what you kind of said earlier about what the Lord spoke to you. Mm-hmm. And then the other word, which is um, in, let's see, I'm trying to be technological here. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Brent. I'll take my time. <laughs> Well, you know, what else you guys got to do today, right? (laughs) Welcome to the vineyard. (laughs) The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former. I really believe that the latter rain in your life, Kent, will be better than the former rain. I really believe in the Lord. You've entered a new season and that you can forget what has lied behind, as it says in Philippians, and press on. And it doesn't matter that you're the age you are. I mean, you think of Moses. He didn't even enter his fullness until the last third of his life. Mm-hmm. So I bless you with these prophetic words um, out of Joel and of Haggai. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, Amen. and the Holy Spirit. All right. So, Janice, come on. Do you want to say anything? I'll say one thing. <laughs> I just was remembering this morning how that Mike came home from a prayer meeting long, long ago. And Kent was there for the first time leading worship for it. And Mike came home so excited and he said, Denise, he's just like me. <laughs> and of course, what he meant was that the fire of God was on the inside of him in the same or maybe even more measure. And so I was just thankful for all the people who are up here and the ones who started the church with us. We all started with that fire of God just burning so brightly in our hearts. And I'm so thankful because every single person, including both of you, have never lost the fire. (laughs) And so we're expecting more of it 
And we just love you guys so much. Thanks. Thank you very much for all you've done. You're amazing. Amen. That's yeah. a good one. Steve, you want to say something? <laughs> yeah. Can't, can't, you know, you're praying um, Hebrews 12. And I was reminded of a word the Lord gave to me and uh, a while back. And he said, grace is the pace for your race. Grace is the pace for your race. And so I just bless the grace of God on you, for it is the pace of God for you. It's the pace of his grace. And it's an amazing grace. And it's a sweet sound. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, we just bless the grace of God on Kent, this amazing grace. Paul said, nevertheless, not I, but the grace of God that's within me. And that's just that grace. That's just that pace. And, yes, it's the pace for your race. So, Lord, we bless the grace. We bless the Hebrews 12 grace of God. We bless it on him in the name of Jesus. We say there's uh, no end to it. Uh, His grace is an everlasting grace. I thank you for that, Lord. Bless Kent with the grace. Yea, the pace for this race. In Jesus' name. All right. All right. So everybody lift a hand out here, okay? So we're going to say we bless you in the name of the Father, in the name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit. Okay, we'll do one at a time though, okay? Are right, you guys ready? All right, we're getting both of them now. Okay, here we go. Everybody ready? We bless you in the name of the Father. We bless you in the name of Jesus. We bless you in the name of the Holy Spirit. And may God bless you, whatever you do, whatever your hands touch, may you prosper, may your family t- uh, prosper, may the years of he- ahead cause Uh, all your children, uh, to be completely fulfilled by the Holy Spirit. May there be many, many grandchildren. May God's grace be on you with all the spiritual children that you're going to uh, birth in the next several years. May God give you this many-colored coat over and over again of blessing. May the Lord put on both of you wisdom for the future. May you know the right time and procedure for everything. May the Lord fill you with love, dreams in the night, leading by the day, compassion in your bodies, physically, mentally, and emotionally, and over your household, all your children, Lord, taught by the Lord, great is their peace, including all the grandchildren to come. I bless you with grandchildren in the name of Jesus. I summon them from the north to south, (laughs) in the east and the west. They can only come from a certain place. I know. I bless them anyway. <laughs> In Jesus' mighty name. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you all. All right. Well, thanks for coming, everybody. And uh, keep praying these guys in your prayers. they got a huge destiny that's about to unfold. Just so you know, there's a light reception under the tent, and Kent and Kathy will be there if you guys want to stop by and bless them and say hi and just check in, because I'm sure this stirred up a lot in people. So you're welcome to join us, everybody. You know, I thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you have a great week. If you had an encounter during this service, we would love to hear about it in the comments. And for more information, next steps, check our website out at vineyardallin.org. Thank you.